This, this, this is a presentation of the Outlaws Sports Network. Yo, 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 welcome to what promises to be a great show we have for you this evening, afternoon, morning, whatever the hell it is on your end of the bargain. I hope you guys are enjoying your day. Welcome to Beyond the Curtain. We take it out backstage and inside look at the world that is professional wrestling, the sport of professional wrestling. Boy, oh boy, do we have a show for y'all today. And I've got two wonderful guests on the show today. We've got a host of Taking the Bump Podcast, the one, the only, big, bad, Jimmy Jam James Beatley. Sir, how the hell are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Absolutely, absolutely. And then we've got host of the Unhinged Wrestling Podcast. I don't know when the last time he was a member on my show. I've been a member on his show plenty of times. Definitely whenever I was just not recording episodes, I was at least over there helping his show out. We've got the one, the only, Ram Jam Randy, Randall Beatley. Randall, how you doing, sir? Uh, currently doped up on Sudafed, uh, which probably explains my uh, draft strategy. No, I'm joking. Uh, oh. Understandable. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, but uh, first off, let's... let's... What's up with me going second? I'm the best person on this show. It's two. I don't need your help on my show. And three, thank you for finally fucking me getting on this show. For one, we already know that uh, this show obviously is the best on the OSN channel. But, hey, that that's that's personal opinion. That's up for debate. Um Yeah, well, you know, that whenever you just whenever you just don't record things and you just having to be guests on other people's podcasts. You're like, why would I record when I'm a guest on other people's show? But hey, the roles have reversed and you are finally a guest on Beyond the Curtain. Thank God, because now you're over here Beyond the Curtain. So that's great. Anyways, ladies and gents, boy, oh boy, it is, it is finally here. It is finally here. And what I think is going to go down as the biggest week's if not the biggest week in professional wrestling history. Let's give you a breakdown of what's going on and what we're going to be diving into on this episode. For one, we've got the season premiere of Monday Night Raw. It's just a flashy way of saying, hey, we're rebooting things. We're kind of just starting fresh, just starting over in a way, but we're still on the same channel. So Raw, with the new slightly modified look, hopefully get a new stage. This has been recorded before Raw or any of these shows are taking place this upcoming week. So we shall see what the set looks like, if there's an intro, if there's pyro, all that good stuff. But we're not going to dive into Raw or SmackDown or Impact or NXT. This is strictly going to be about 
AEW, but we already know that there's going to be a very big match happening on Raw for the Universal Championship between Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio. Take that as you will, but uh, it is a main event match that's going to feature the big title on Raw, so that's pretty cool to see. Um, on the NXT side of things, kind of we on our show we kind of went over this in the last episode as we were recapping NXT from the 25th of September. We've got all the titles except for the North American title on the line. You got the tag titles, the women's championship, and the NXT championship. So that show is basically a takeover on free television. And then you've got the debut premiere of Friday Night SmackDown on Fox, 8, 7 Central, on Friday, October the 4th. A bunch of legends are coming back. You've got Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon in a ladder match. You've got the WWE Championship between Brock Lesnar and Kofi Kingston. You've got Bailey and Sasha Banks versus Charlotte and Bailey, er, and, yeah, Charlotte and Becky Lynch. Just a whole bunch going down, going down under the WWE brand and under the WWE umbrella. But like I said, this is all about all elite wrestling. AEW's debut and premiere episode of Dynamite premieres this upcoming Wednesday, October second, on TNT Live. From the good old capital of the U.S. of A., Washington, D.C., a sold-out Capital One Arena. And it can, promises can, to... Uh, go can, ahead. We put a, go can, ahead. Put, can we put an asterisk here for a second? I don't know if y'all saw this. It's sold out, but there's about a majority of the seats that the scalpers did not. Uh, so you can find good floor seats for 90 bucks right now. Um, I'm sure you can, absolutely. But it's I, still classified as sold out because their yeah. ticket hasn't been sold. Yeah, but when you turn on your TV and you, you're going to see some tarped off sections if they can't see, if they can't sell these, I'm sure they'll sell them by then because the marks are going to buy these seats for as cheap as they're going. Um, y'all already know where my where, where my uh, my point of view of the show is going just by that one statement. But Absolutely, but I mean, you're talking to a guy that doesn't enjoy wrestling because, you know, he, anyways, but that's okay. We're going to get into it. So, uh, but but, but, but but you also missed one other thing for SmackDown. Let's you forgot the return of Sting, ladies and gentlemen. Sting will be on Listen. SmackDown. Let's have a good match against Jeff Hardy. Let's have a Listen. good match against Jeff Hardy on Friday. I would like. I, I appreciate that. That's okay. That's okay. Just because my favorite wrestler has done better than anything your favorite wrestler has ever done in his life. That's okay. <laughs> You know, hey, I, as much as I love Sting, I don't get the return. I don't get the gist of it. Besides, uh, he's never been on SmackDown before. So uh, it should be the debut of Sting on SmackDown at 60 years old. But, hey, what do I know? Um, uh, I hope this does not set up a match between him and Taker at some Saudi Arabian show. I would be very upset if it is. But who knows? Money does talk, and he does want a match against Taker. And I guess if he's not going to get that mania, he'll get that second biggest thing and second biggest money-making thing he possibly could, which would be Saudi Arabian show. Anyways. Um, Real quick. If... What? Biggest show. Let's talk about... Oh, Jesus. Hey, bud. TV... Hey bud. Hey bud. Hey bud. Impact's about as good as your internet feed right now because you're going in and out. Yeah, I don't know 
Kyle Randall's got some great quality connection over here, and you're sounding like you're, you know, in a third world country <laughs> underwater. It helps I'm in the room the modem's in, but uh... go in the room that's beside the modem, then, Sir James. <laughs> no. Go yeah. anywhere now because I feel like that you're over in Iraq and I'm calling you asking you back in 2002 when we were invading Baghdad <laughs> and then just like another quick asterisk if you hear screaming my dad is watching the Cowboys right now so um, he doesn't like the Cowboys and so uh, well yeah anyway or you could say that you know he's Probed. That would have been a better story to go with. But by, by the way, go cowboy. No, I'm joking. Hold uh, on. Right, whoa, whoa. Listen, <laughs> you're, you're own team to worry about. They're undefeated like usual, so don't worry about it. Uh-huh. Speaking of that, hell, before we even get into all this, we're eight and a half minutes into the show. We haven't yet got once into all elite wrestling. We will get there. I promise you. Was we about this? As soon as we get done with this, I mean, this is like the biggest week in all sports. Not only do you have uh, the season premiere of Raw on Monday, I guess Impact is on Tuesday. You've got the first edition of the Wednesday Night Wars between NXT and AEW on Wednesday. You've got Friday Night SmackDown on Friday. You've got the MLB postseason start. The wild card games and as well as the division. <laughs> no one cares about the baseball, though. No one cares about the baseball. baseball, including us Braves fans, as we're going to begin set to go against the Cardinals. That's going to be interesting. But either oh, way. Man. I hope another uh, – I hope another uh, – uh, infield fly rule happens. The thing is that there's five games instead of one, so this won't be a look, I promise you. Braves in four. Um, and then you've got the opening week of the NHL season. So, quite a bit going on in the world of sports. Uh, we're recording this on a Sunday night, and uh, all of us are near and dear the Charlotte area. And a cool little thing happened at Charlotte Motor Speed in the afternoon where our boy, uh, Austin Chase from the same place as uh, Austin Bill from Dawsonville got a win at the uh, Charlotte Roval. Hit head on to a wall and uh, came back on the fucking thing. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he even he, he heard it. He heard it. Um, that's like some NASCAR Heat 3 type stuff right there. That's pretty interesting. Um, <laughs> but anyways, after all that, we are finally here. We're talking about today the debut edition of AEW Dynamite. That's going to be premiering on TNT, the first time professional wrestling. Can we just say that that's the worst name I've ever heard of for a TV show in my life? They had Tuesday Night Titans. That was pretty bad. Superstars Wrestling Challenge main event. Not Saturday night's main event, but main event. Shotgun Saturday night. The damn WWE. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. It's not bad. It's not bad. But anyways, first time we uh, will be seeing professional wrestling on the TNT Network since March 26, 2001. Thank God it's under different ownership now. So Jamie Kellner, uh, step the fuck away from the wrestling business forever. Um, that might be the only person that I hate besides Vince Russo. Is uh, if only I was going to say if only the booker for the show was the same as it was for the last show. Maybe he would get some ratings. I doubt it, um, because <laughs> but anyways, anyways, after lots and months of hype and anticipation, we are finally here, and as a lot of us 
quote unquote marks are calling it the Wednesday night wars, which whatever if you don't want to call it, you don't have to call it that. But yeah, some of us like I the nostalgia. So I mean, what are we having a war over? I'm just I'm just trying to figure out what we're having a war over. What we want to watch live at eight o'clock. What we don't want to have to record and watch later, or go on the network and watch the next day. What we want to watch live on at that time. That's all it is. You're still gonna watch both of them. Obviously, considers it a war. The WWE considers it a war because they're throwing out. Not with commercials and title matches all over the place. Hey, bud. Hey, bud. Thank you, Thank you for the report from Baghdad. Um, right, we heard like every third word from that. Maybe during like a hot spot or a, a get off. I I know what it is. You got Sprint, so your LTE is just as bad as our Wi-Fi in this house. I, was gonna say, I got Sprint, but thank God I'm on Wi-Fi, or else I would be sounding like I'm from you know Kenya. Um, <laughs> <laughs> reporting live from Huchawasahichi, South Carolina. <laughs> This is my second favorite city in the world. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but yes, and um, I, I have to, I have to. Well, I understand where you're coming from, James, and I kind of agree with you on this in the last episode that you know the WWE brand is throwing out all the bells and whistles for their first uh, head-to-head show against AEW. You know, I'm sure they in their sphere of things they make sort of consider it a war or at least competition Kenny Omega has been throwing a whole bunch of shade too so uh, it's just as much of a war on their side as it is on WWE side but anyways the whole thing is is that wrestling fans of course do win in the end because we've got more wrestling but we've got enjoyable wrestling um, the NXT versus AEW it's it's the best matchup possible just because their styles are very similar. If, if AEW competed with a Raw or SmackDown, yeah, sure, probably the Raw or SmackDown would do better ratings, but it's just not comparable because the styles are, I mean, completely different. Way completely different. Yeah, WCW was different from WWE, but they still kind of had the same formula of formatting shows and stuff like that. This is totally different than what Raw or SmackDown is. So, um at least this is the best brand that they can go up against because their styles do match. So, I mean, you're kind of seeing the same kind of thing. Um, just, of course, different characters, different styles, different wrestling, all that good stuff. But anyways, we uh, we get the fallout from All Out about a month ago. Um, we've got a new youngest AEW world champion, the GOAT, the legendary Chris Jericho who has reinvented himself yet again, whether it's by a new catchphrase, whether it's by having the world title stolen the next day he won it. It doesn't matter. Um, They turned a very, very bad negative of that title being stolen into a positive somehow, or at least a back burner because of that whole thing Jericho's been doing. Um, You know, this is our. This is probably even though he has not been on TV and he's not defended his title yet. I think this is certainly going to be one of Jericho's best title reigns in any company at any time, just because I, I feel like he's having fun with it, and I think that he is just enjoying himself and knowing that he doesn't have to, you know, go to a Vince McMahon and have to, you know, go 
through all that protocol. He can kind of just do what he would like to do. And of course, Tony Khan is the main guy in creative as well as some of the other coaches that are down there to kind of help smooth things out. But Jericho, you don't really have to worry about him, you know, kind of doing negative things because he's Chris Jericho. So, and of course this was the right, uh, the right choice for champions. So, um, what do you guys see in Chris Jericho besides the fact that, yes, we know, haven't done anything on TV yet, but just from a social media perspective and going into TV, I mean, is there really any other choice as champion? And how do you think his title reign will compare to any of his past in any company based off of interest and maybe longevity? Whoever can start, doesn't matter. Uh, you can report the first from Baghdad. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> that was the when we did that stuff, uh, like the preview and topic and everything. Which I think eventually will become champion, but really, I don't think he. Well recognized to lead the band into which they the way Chris Jericho. I don't think if Adam Page had the title stolen, I don't think he could have twisted it into a positive in the way that Chris Jericho did. He knows to reach fan base. I think he and you know that when he was WC moving over to F every single time he reinvents himself, he can turn a simple phrase into everything in that company's history at that time. Uh, you know, the whole the list of Erico uh, the first time and the second time he as he's done from the Ayatollah to anything every single he's done to perfection and I think he's the best guy to run this company as Bayes champion for I don't want to say a super for like a year but get him to the first couple months of TV, have him drop it. Really, um, November when they do a full, but maybe the next and afterwards. I think I think that Jericho entertaining is and look. Jericho turned the phrase a little bit of the bubbly into something so big that they were the comment Don Callis was talking about it on impact. That's how big Jericho is. Very good. And for those of you that uh, quite don't or, have, or don't understand how to comprehend what it's like to be talking to somebody from Baghdad. Um, 
Now, for luckily, real, it, luckily we grew up in this era, so we kind of know that. But uh, we're we're gonna figure out those connections, son. You're, you're, we're gonna get you back. I promise you. <laughs> Whatever it takes, we're gonna we're gonna get you back over here to the USA. I ain't gonna take you hostage. <laughs> Saudi is holding you hostage. Is um it, it, the, the the Iraqis uh kidnap you because we threatened to go to war because they bombed our oil? Like what the hell is going on? Huh? Uh, we gotta have to send Tr- Trump. You save Twenty One Savage. Can he save his connection? <laughs> right, <laughs> absolutely. Um, no, but uh, uh, let's see. How can I put this? Um, this title reign has to end as soon as possible, in my opinion. He won to carry the promotion of. That way they can promote on TNT and promote all the billboards. Chris Jericho. He's the only name in the company that'll mean something. Ambrose has the, the look, but we know him as Ambrose, not Moxley. The major, the people who don't know wrestling don't know him as John Moxley. They'll know him from his WWE days as Ambrose. Uh, Spears, no one gives two, gave two fucks about him in NXT. No one gave two fucks about him in SmackDown or Raw, no one really gives two fucks about him now. Um, so he doesn't have that name recognition. Cody Rhodes, no one cares about. Yeah, or Again, outside of the wrestling world, no one cares about him. So if you're trying to promote this on TNT or your commercials on USA that you've been putting on or wherever you've been putting your commercials or your ads online, Jericho's the only one that will have facial recognition and name recognition with the crowd outside of wrestling um, or even the people in wrestling who aren't up to par with the actual, like what's actually going on, who aren't like us and actually follow everything. Um, With that being said, How long can this run with Jericho go before it gets boring? Because my thing, even with the last WWE run, the list of Jericho thing got very, to me, very uh, monotonous, very boring, very predictable of what was going to happen. Jericho can create catchphrases. To me, this has been the most annoying thing in the world, though. Um just because every time some someone mentioned wrestling or any wrestling show now thinks it's cool to be like, oh, we're going to have a little bit of the public. No one gives a fuck. Like, um, I don't it To me, it's just real boring. It's real pet. I just, I just feel this whole build up to this quote unquote war has been a bunch of pettiness from AEW from the beginning, just calling out different things that are su- super petty that shouldn't be called out. Omega saying all the things that he said. Jericho's been throwing in his own thing. I just, to me, the I don't even know who I would make my champion because you really don't have anyone there to me that I feel is championship ready. Um, maybe Paige, um, but it's very predictable where this is going, though. At least in my opinion, either Paige is going to win it. They're going to have uh, Pac or Paca, however the hell you pronounce it. Uh, going to have him fight it like it was originally planned at double or nothing. Or you're going to have 
Jericho retain and Moxley will replace. Like it's very predictable where this where this goes. Um, and I, I don't know how. I don't know how it's that predictable when you just listed four or five different ideas. I can go any different way. It's predictable. If it was predictable, I'll say it this way. I'll say it this way. I'll say it this way. If Jericho holds on to this, the guy re- replacing Jericho will definitely be Moxley. If Page wins it, the guy replacing Page will be Pack. It's real simple where these matches are really going to. Omega's not going to get a title. Omega doesn't want to put himself in in the title picture. Um, at Darby Allen and all of those uh, deathmatch people, they're just going to be mid carders who are there for for that those people. None of them really have championship potential. If Joey Janela even touches a champion, it's ruined. I'm never watching again, uh, just because he's not entertaining. Um, What about the match of full gear? Are you for totally getting the back? Which brings me to my next point. How long till Cody Rhodes throws out his ego and says, I could not get over in WWE. So I have to start my own promotion to get myself over and give myself a legitimate championship run. I don't know if it's so much his ego because Tony or Cody's not the one who's booking it. Tony Khan is. But he Tony run, Khan. But he, run, he runs the damn company. It's just. But he doesn't. Oh, that's the thing. Because Tony Khan owns the company. He's had a creative. Look, look, I, mean, look, I don't know if y'all understand. This. I don't know if y'all understand this, but Tony Khan does not. His name is under the trademarks because he has the money. Tony Khan. For, Tony Khan is only being used because he's a wrestling fan and he has money. Outside of that, I could guarantee you Cody, the Bucks, Omega, and all of them could give two fucks about him. They just want his money. Cody Rhodes is running this promotion. This is him saying to everyone out there, watch what I can do. And he got a little success at all in. And then he got a little bit more success on the indie scenes. And then he said, how about we actually create an actual promotion and double or nothing did okay. And fighter fest. Eh, eh. And then the, uh, all out was okay. And everyone was talking about him. How long until he throws his ego out there and says, I'm, I cannot become a championship on the biggest company in the world. I could not get over there yet. Now I own my own company. Now I run my own company. I have people who listen to me. Now I'm going to give myself a legitimate championship run because I can do that. I can can understand a little bit of what you're saying, but in the same token, it's almost like Jeff Jarrett putting himself over in TNA. Absolutely. Right. It's the same thing. Jeff Jarrett could not get over to be a legitimate champion. So he starts his own company with his father and says, Dad, you have the money. We're going to hire Russo to book the thing, and I'm going to be champion. Now, his dad didn't necessarily care about Russo, um, which which eventually led to the whole Jarrett separating and Dixie taking over and all of that shit. Um, but... 
Yeah, it's it's the same thing. They're both the same thing. Cody Rhodes to me, if he wins this championship, is just him flexing his muscle, saying, "Look at me, I have I have my own company. Me and my friends are here for for a couple of months. We're gonna do this." But I guarantee you, this is a guarantee. If I'm wrong, I will admit that I'm wrong. I guarantee you, within six months to a year from this Wednesday, Cody the Bucks Omega. Adam Page, all of this, what we would consider the elite or the bullet club who came over will be on a WWE program of some type. Guarantee it. This is a quick cash grab from Tony Khan. Once they get this cash, then they go to McMahon. Because it also, McMahon has boosted his pay for even his lower tier talent. Dolph Ziggler is making $5 million this year, just to say in WWE. Now Cody Rhodes can go to McMahon. You're paying Ziggler $5 million. I want this much. And McMahon will pay it to him. Or you think it's because McMahon fears that they know they're going to get over another promotion, so he's locking them down so he doesn't have to worry about that? That has that's, done, ex- done, that's, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. He's gotten over a million dollars between the Saudis, between Fox, between USA – that he has all this money now that he can play with. He's given up some of his stock in the company, so that way he can kind of focus a little bit on the XFL, but always going back to WWE. He's given these guys some money because he knows they're going to get over other promotions, especially AEW, where now he is going directly head-to-head with somebody who's richer than him and has the money to spend on this talent that he's going to lock them down no matter how often they're being used, how mid-cardish or how low-cardish they are. He knows if he lets them go, they're going to go either to ROH, Impact, New Japan, or now AEW, make a little bit of good money on themselves. Because not only did Cody or the Young Bucks or whoever else that either came from WWE or did not come from WWE that made a name for themselves on the indies and made a lot of money doing so and could still make a lot of money doing just that if they wanted to, but now they made their own promotion. They're still financially compensated. They're working a lighter schedule. It's almost like a WCW 2.0, which is a lot better so far, smooth sailing than what that was. But anyways, that's the whole reason why he's giving them the money. It's because he's locking them down, so he knows that they're not going to go over there, make more money, work a lighter schedule, and have the opportunity to do whatever they want to do creative-wise, where, of course, everything goes through McMahon. That's a simple thing. Yes, of course he's. Of course, that's the reason why he's giving them the money, but but Cody can now say, "Look at what I've done. I've made McMahon have fear. So now he's paid these low car people this. Now I this is my opportunity to jump ship and to get my money, my big money because of my name recognition. I can go back to WWE and get this money. I'm not saying McMahon's not paying people like Ziggler." And, and Rusev and all these people that he doesn't necessarily care about big money because he absolutely he fears AEW. Absolutely he does. How, but this is now Cody's opportunity, the Bucks' opportunity, Omega's opportunity to say, hey, let's make this opportunity good for us and get our money where McMahon can now, instead of, pay, if he's paying low-tier talent, $5 million, I'm Kenny Omega, I'm considered one of the best in the world by almost everybody, not myself. I actually don't believe he's all that all that good. However, 
according to the quote-unquote experts of the professional wrestling world, Kenny Omega's top five current active wrestler, if Dolph Ziggler's making five million, why can't I make more than this? So now they can use this opportunity. I guarantee within a six months to a year from this Wednesday, October the second, all of them will jump ship. Guaranteed. So question, question, my from Baghdad. Um, Kenny Omega two years ago was the best wrestler in the world. Why didn't he jump ship to WWE? Or I'll do you one better in December of 2018, or excuse me, October or November of 2018. Before all this trademarks got filed, both the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega got some of the biggest deals WWE ever offered. And they were a millisecond away from signing with them before this whole thing with Tony Khan started, before they actually had, you know, they had this whole AEW thing going. They were that close to signing with WWE. Which brings me, to, which brings me to a point that I didn't really want to bring up because a lot of you will call me crazy for bringing this up. But what if in these meetings that the Bucks and Omega have had with McMahon, they sat down and said, "Hey Vince, this is the plan," and McMahon is behind all of this as well? Would this not be the greatest swerve? The greatest, uh shock of all time if McMahon came out on Wednesday night live from the Capital One Arena and said, guys, you've all been fooled. I've been behind this the whole time. I I used Tony Khan and his dad's money because they have football experience, so they're going to help me with the XFL. And AEW is now owned by me. It's been a mirage the whole time. And all of these people since 2018 when they've had these discussions, they've kept it on the low for from that time. And the Bucks and Omega and all of them have been working for McMahon while not necessarily working for McMahon because they've because, been running. Because the- not true. CW. And AEW's tax returns on their website, they are forced to post. That's bullshit. I feel like I've lost 18 brain cells. <laughs> well, on the flip side, we said that we're talking about Chris Jericho, and here we are talking about uh, uh, conspiracy theories. But, anyways. I digress. In any event, uh, like that McMahonism that I just used, a la some Colsey boss from 1999 there. Um, anyways, back to the actual topic at hand. So, on this debut episode of AEW on TNT, we've got quite a bit of stuff going on. Yep. And... Just gonna go, gonna gonna go on down the list here of what I've wrote. Uh, the only thing that I know that's in order is obviously the opening match. I don't know what else is in order from what uh, match wise. So I just kind of threw together maybe a list I would have done if I was at the pencil. Here's how I would have booked the show. So oh boy, you're pulling away, um, Keller. I, I, I'm just saying, if if I was just going off 
I'm looking at the car and going, okay, this is where I put, put this match, this match, this match, whatever. Um, well, John Moxley is going to be showing up in some capacity, whether he's just going to be giving an update on how he's doing, if he's going to challenge somebody at the next pay-per-view full gear. Yeah, I don't know. So, but anyways, Moxley is going to be appearing, which is always good. And hopefully he's doing great with his MRSA infection. Um, the opening match, the first ever match that's going to be on live on TNT is going to be Cody versus Sammy Guevara. Obviously, at the moment, Cody is the number one contender for the AEW championship that will be defended at full gear. Of course, card is always subject to change, and they have to throw that because as they are trying to do the sports reality of it, you never know with these things. So that's why the whole subject, uh, card subject to change, we're throwing that out there and kind of making that a point, trying to be different. That's all it is. Um Cody has gone on record and said that if he does lose to Sammy, then he will not be number one contender. Obviously, I think we're on agreement here that uh, Cody's not going to lose. But uh, is there any chance that Sammy draws or beats Cody? And if so, should he get the number one contendership or is that just kind of thrown in the air and a whole different thing happens? Sorry, Baghdad man. <laughs> um, there's a chance. There's a percentage of a chance, but there's a chance when he gets a win. I think he hasn't really been used much. Um, so I think he is in the scene. And Cody, if I remember correctly, has tweeted saying if San Guevara wins, he will be granted a, ch- a number one contender and might get a champion match mode in the next couple of weeks. So that's a cool, cool story. I think Cody gets the win. Um, it, it, it doesn't seem logical to have Cody lose. I want to say it's as the fucking downstairs. So it's too. Pre- I don't think it is predictable. We don't know. Like we we could think maybe win. I think it'll be a good match regardless either way. So I think I got that. Um, and if anybody has a problem with with what he said because you couldn't hear him, message me on Facebook. I'll, I'll let you know because uh, <laughs> I'll I'll re-listen to this episode and I'll just try to listen to it three thousand times before I finally pick out the pieces of what he said. Right, anyways, right. Uh, so you've had an hour to fix this connection, and you've done an awful job at this. Um, about as awful as the pre-show of any of these AEW events. Uh, but um. <laughs> um, while we're talking about AEW's opening match, and we're talking about Cody versus Sammy Guevara. First off, I like Sammy Guevara. I did not know who he was before Double or Nothing pre-show, and I came out of that pre-show 
liking him, wish that the cameras would have actually worked for half the damn pre-show and wasn't lagging and commentary was going in and out. But, you know, they're pretty, you know, I'll give them a, it's their first show. I'll give them a, I'll give them a pass. Anyway, I like Shami Guevara. However, this is definitely a win by Cody. This match should not last longer than five minutes. If it does, they're outdrawing the um, the uh, the obvious. I do think Sammy Guevara wins. Here's how. Sean Spears is how. He's going to come out with the chair. The marks are going to flip out. The Capital One Arena is going to go crazy, and he's going to hit him with the chair again. And Sammy Guevara is going to win. This gives Sammy Guevara a chance on the shows leading up to November to have his title match. Of course, Jericho is going to beat him. Um, but while all of this is happening, the other show is winning the ratings. In my opinion, we're not going to talk about it. But every other match on the other show is a thousand times better than this first match will ever be, in my opinion. Uh, I'm glad James is out because he'd be screaming right now live from Baghdad. Anyway, move on to the next point. Don't want to take too much time because this match shouldn't take too much time. Get the chair shot over with. I know it's coming. Let's move on. Um, <clears throat> before we do move on, I just wanted to uh, make sure that Baghdad man over there is alive. Are you alive over there? I am alive. Uh, the, the, was that the fire in the hole sign? <laughs> I said, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Or can you I can hear you. Hopefully that uh, it'll stay that way and we don't uh, have you um, in the city. You see, this never happens on the Unhinged Wrestling Podcast because I make sure my people have great connections before we actually do these things. Hey, listen. I don't have problems on my end. This is the first time we've had a problem on his. End. So it's because you're hogging up. All- because you're sucking up all the goddamn. Dude, that's all right. Dude, I use, I'm using my LTE right now. Brought to you by Verizon. We are not sponsored. Do not. Don't, we don't have promo codes. I'm sorry. We can't save you 15% like Geico can. Um, but uh, yeah, Verizon. That's why I have great connections because of Verizon. We are the A plus company. We are the NXT. Oh, of uh, phone <laughs> providers. While y'all have the AEW and Sprint, real life, the only you know the impact is your AT and T's, and then you can get your smartphone, which is your ROH. Which thank God Taven is no longer champion. But I digress. We can move forward. So, anyway, moving on. Um, yeah, that. Uh, Cody versus Guevara match should be interesting, and we'll uh, we'll see what happens for sure. Next thing I have down the list is Maxwell, uh, Jacob Friedman, MJF, the, the salt of the earth, the Miz, um, the better version of Miz, and uh, always will be the versus Brandy Cut, the wannabe Dolph Ziggler, yeah, and Ziggler Miz combined. I love Miz. I loved Miz as a heel. I loved Miz as a heel when he came back in 2017. The whole Cena thing, the 2016 version of him. I've been a fan of the Miz ever since his uh, heel run when he started back after he filmed the Green 2 or 3, whichever one it was. But anyways, 
MJF is 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 the best heel in wrestling. There is no comparison, and you cannot change my mind on it. And yeah, that's just one person's opinion. But this guy has got the absolute best heat, the right heat, the best heat that I have seen from a wrestler, and he keeps it going. He's not one of these guys that goes to Hollywood or he is outside of his home and he's totally cool and friendly. He's the same guy backstage and, and same guy in the streets as you see on the camera. He's keeping that alive. It's old school. It's refreshing. It's great. If you don't enjoy it, I don't think you like wrestling, in my opinion. In my opinion, because this is classic old school perfection right here. And this guy's 22 or 23 years old. This guy's got a future ahead of him. A long ways, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's going to be one of the ones to jump ship in a year when WWE's calling. And <sighs> I could see that's the bad thing is I can and I feel like they will ruin him but and I mean I understand he can't do everything that he can do in AEW I understand he can't make fun of mentally challenged people fat people he could probably make fun of fat people but he can't make fun of the same way he is now understandable that's kind of when you go to WWE that's just what you get but I feel like they would severely just diminish his whole character in general I mean it's just it's what it is but anyways uh, Brandon Cutler. I just before go we go on about this, man, I just want to let y'all know I knew about MJF before y'all did. I've actually seen him live about two years ago at PWX. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, you're a little indie. Show. Go ahead. But uh, with that being said, if y'all watch New Japan here on the uh, New Japan World, if you actually buy that thing, uh, the New York show was produced live. Produced by PWX because our producers ran that show last on Sunday night, Saturday night. So you're welcome. Thank you. I guess I appreciate that. Um. <laughs> anyway, MJF versus Brandon Cutler. Brandon, nobody. Brandon. Um, oh. If you've been watching any of the Road to uh, Road to TNT series from AEW or the uh, being the elite shows, uh, Brandon is the camera guy. He had, was in wrestling for a while and got out of it for a couple of years to take care of his family. Um, his wife kind of got him back into wrestling because she felt it's not fair that your dream's being taken away because we have kids. I'll take care of them. You know, we'll make ends meet. We'll do whatever we got to do. You just come out, fulfill your dream. And he got the opportunity to do so. Um, Wrestling on the indie scenes again, and then finally, hey, he been wrestling all of his life with the Young Bucks in California, and then uh, the Young Bucks offered him a contract. I don't know too much more about him. I've only seen him in the AEW sphere of things. I haven't really checked out any of his indie stuff, so I don't know a whole lot about him. Um, this is just kind of your classic heel versus face, kind of typical feel good story guy, Brandon Cutler versus the total jerk off heel and MJF. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to see a, a an upset victory by Brandon Cutler, either by a roll up or something to that effect. Um, so uh, it should be an interesting match. I do want to see what Brandon can do in the ring. I already know how good MJF can be in the ring, so should be an interesting comparison of style, should we say? Hmm. Yes, yes. I think I think it'll be a um a pretty decent match. Um I am in love with MJF. Um 
not like romantically, but it's like, okay. It's romantic. You can love him. <laughs> you might, but you can love him. <laughs> um, but his work—he's twenty-something years. He's the same age as fucking me. Um, and he—he—he he, he knows what he's doing in the ring. I think he's—he makes so much heat off of stupid things. He's almost like a lighter version of Jericho in terms of social media heat. Um, the whole dragons and dungeons thing that he's doing with Brandon Cutler on Twitter, absolutely hysterical. Um, and to see the, the support on both sides of the aisle, uh, you know, them cursing at MJF and all of that stuff. And, and it's great. I love MJF. I love his work. He is a star in the making and somebody that AEW can develop to be their top heel in the company. Because um, that's something that they actually want to do on, like, the other aisle is develop talent instead of just picking up everybody else's bones. See, because see, they, um, they don't need to develop yeah, talent. They already have talent. There's nothing to develop. But anyway, solid match. I think it'll be, I, I don't know where it'll be on the card. Maybe it's a second match. Maybe it isn't. Um, but it'll be a solid match for what it's supposed to be. And while it's going on, the other show will have another title list that I'd be more interested in than a bunch of nobodies. Isn't anybody on NXT a bunch of nobodies? Nobody's heard of these people. It's the same thing that's with AEW. Nobody knows who Adam Cole is. Nobody knows who Matt Riddle is. Nobody damn sure knows who is or the Street Profits or the Undisputed Era. Nobody knows who these people are. So except everybody, everybody, everybody knows who Undisputed Era is. Really, go ask somebody on the side of the street if they will tell one person in the Undisputed Era, or if they'll say they'll know who Chris Jericho is. Guarantee you, it's Jericho. Guarantee you. Let me, let me ask you a question. Over anybody in NXT. Anybody. And you're right. But, but here's my thing. Your argument, I 100% agree with. None of these shows have any star power to the what we would call the channel flippers or the casuals or, or the people who don't sit and watch wrestling, who only watch Raw or SmackDown because their kid wants to watch it. Nobody knows who NXT Super are. You're correct. But the intended audience of both these shows, as we already know, will be the Marks. Those are the only people who will attend the shows live, probably the only people who will watch the shows. Um, so, so, so let me ask you a question. The name superiority in terms of the Marks, you would have to assume would go to NXT. No. That's, that's, that's you don't fucking assume that's anything. Terrible. You don't fucking assume anything. Because let me ask you a question. The marks, as you like to call, would they rather be a part of history? It's history, no matter what. It's the first the ever first, two. It's the first, first ever two hour live show of NXT, and they're going. It's it's a knockoff takeover where no title changes happen. I doubt. And that. If anything, I think it's going to be either the women's championship or the tag team championship. Here's what's going to happen. Match. I guarantee you, this is what's going to happen. 
Bezier loses on Wednesday. The Ray is going to win that belt during the Sasha uh, Banks match. During the Sasha Banks match, you already have the four horse women of the WWE in the ring fighting each other. Baszler loses on Wednesday. On Friday, she will appear on SmackDown with Ronda Rousey and her other two cronies. We get a setup for the Saudi Arabia show. Four horsewomen versus four horsewomen. Guarantee it. However, I don't care see women's championship match because it only had, I mean, it technically had two weeks worth of a build, but not really. It only had one week, in my opinion. The NXT championship had it's a rematch that has no build to it either, and they forced me to somewhat believe into a five-minute promo or five-minute uh, run-in from Cole and Riddle. You expect me to that I'm going to be hyped up for that match because yeah, Riddle is over, and it may sound like a legitimately kind of a good match, but at the same time, it's like where's this? What's what's the point behind this? Because yeah, Riddle won, and then Cole ran in, so they can have like a little setup, and then that's it. So between those three matches, I've got very little setup of anything. Anything. Back to or or on the other side or on the other side of the aisle, would you rather watch the first ever AEW women's title, regardless of if you care about who the two people are, or w- would you rather watch Chris Jericho and two mystery tag I'm gonna tell you who it is already. I can guarantee you versus who it is. I know who it is too. It's probably LAX or Ortiz and Santana. But it's still hyped up. You don't know for sure until it happens. You can have ideas, and you could probably be right about them, but you don't know for sure until it happens. Right, because it's they're Jericho's fighting the Bucks and um an Omega, Omega. right? I guarantee you, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna be Elias. I guarantee you, like they're gonna be in the little tag team turmoil thing. I guarantee you, private party. Guarantee it right now on the spot. They gotta, they gotta get their fake street profits on the show. Private parties and the damn tag team tournament. Why would they have to fight? No one knows who the hell they are. Why would you see? It's the thing about AEW is that they're going to have everybody, and NXT is going to do the same thing. Where they're not going to have their big star, or you're not going to have your stars on every show. Next week is where we're going to be getting into the tag team stuff, anyway. So it's not right. exactly. But you gotta, you're not really. But and, I, and I'm going to promise you this. I'm going to promise you this. This tag team tournament. You had a lot of good tag teams in this tag team tournament, but the Bucks are going to win it. Or private party's going to win. It was the only two teams that really have had a bill. I mean, I guess you can say Luchasaurus. The Dark yeah, Order? They're not going to win. The Dark Order? First round by? Which automatically, to me, tells me they're not going to make it past the second round. It's going to be who goes against them, and they're going to lose. We shall see, and that's... Next week on AEW, starting uh, the 9th of October, where you will see the first round of the NXT Tag Team Tournament. We'll preview that for sure. But anyways, back to the first show, the debut show. But but, And I still haven't finished my point. This match again. Go ahead. This Christ. match, I don't care about. 
I'm sure y'all care about it because it's MJF. Um, didn't like him when I first saw him two years ago uh, because he reminded me too much of The Miz. I still don't like him because he reminds me too much of The Miz. I like The Miz now because Miz is a good face to me. Is he a good heel? Absolutely. I don't like um, this style of character, though. We are in a world, take it or leave it, whether you agree with it or not, where the world, and especially on TV, you have to be super um, PC. If MJF is not that, the networks will definitely not agree with it. And it flies in the indie scene because the majority of the people just don't care. But we are in a stage in wrestling where we are promoting this wrestling is for everybody thing. This worked in the 80s because no one gave two, two holy hells about whether you made fun of gay people, whether you made fun of fat people, whether you made fun of anybody. But in 2019, that stuff is very, very taken seriously in our culture, whether, again, whether you agree with it or not. Mother, mother of God, can I ask you a question or tell you a statement? Which one? Which Maybe one do you want to do first? Both of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> we are in a wrestling, and you can say it's Impact and it's on Twitch and blah, blah, blah. They posted on fucking YouTube. They had fucking Jessica Havoc hang Sue Young they by did, a noose. Here's the so thing, here's the thing. They did me. not show her hanging. They saw her feet dangling. But you can assume what the hell the is going suit, to happen. The actual murder didn't get seen. And having someone get murdered on live TV happens on other TV shows. But but From public hanging? Yeah. I don't know if you've ever watched Criminal Minds, but it happens. Okay, but that's that show. That's the entirety of the Criminal Minds. That's not, you don't, you're not expecting hanging on a wrestling show. I think MJF is better than The Miz. And let's just continue going because you're sounding like an idiot. I, like I said, I love The Miz. I love MJF. I just think they both have they, – they similar in some ways, but they both are very different in my opinion. Anyways, next match that I have written down, like I said, this is, of course, not in any order. It's just what I feel kind of goes in order of importance in my opinion. Pack versus Hangman Page. And this match, uh, to make up from double or nothing, that never happened. Of course, Pack uh, had his tissy fit and walked away. Um, took his ball, went home, however you want to put it. Either way, it was a pretty crappy situation. Um, the match did happen uh, in Britain, I believe. It happened over It happened overseas in an indie show. Um However, we're getting it on TV. That you can watch. Yes, you can watch it on YouTube. Yes. Um, Pack is coming into this uh, winning his first match all out, defeating Omega. Um, and Hangman Page is coming off his first loss for the EW Championship at all out. So this creates a very interesting situation. Does Pack lose? Or does Hangman start to go a little bit on a losing streak? Does he... Lose, lose kind of the mindset of getting focused again because he lost one of the biggest important matches of his career. Didn't get to be the first inaugural AEW champion and now kind of starts on the slipstream of 
losing? Or does he get the better of Pac? Does it go to a draw? Does it end in a disqualification? A lot of stuff that can happen here. <laughs> Interesting ways we can go with this. Um, I don't. I don't really know. I don't really have a great opinion on this one yet because this was a kind of a last minute edition, and I. I don't know. I don't know how you can get out of this besides them ending in a draw, or something like that. Um, I don't think Pack is going to lose yet. I don't know if this is a way to kind of not get Paige in a title picture again because he lost and it's kind of build your way back up. But it's it's interesting how this how this is kind of go. This can go in any sort of direction. Uh, start out with whoever wants to go first on on this one. You, babe. Well, part of me feels like we're going to get the original decision that was meant for um, double or nothing, which was a hangman page win. But part of me is kind of agreeing with Cody, which I don't think it benefits either superstar to go over the other because they're both super talented and they're both kind of big characters and to have one lose to the other doesn't benefit either character. Um, So I don't know how this turns out. Part of me thinks Hangman will win, but part of me doesn't quite know how they'll book this. And so that's part of the mystique factor, the mysteriousness of, of watching the show is I don't know how it's going to end every single match. And so that's, what's going to keep me tuned in to TNT to watch the show. I don't care enough to comment on this match. I really don't actually care. Um, Just like with any of the NXT matches that that I don't see why I would watch anyways. But if you don't have an opinion, we can move on. Page win. That's all I got to say. All right. We go to the semi-main event that I feel would be happening, and it is for the inaugural AEW Women's Championship. We've got Riho versus the Native Beast, Nyla Rose. Uh, they got here, of course. Riho um, defeated Hikaru Shida at All Out on the main card and beat her to get this title opportunity. Nyla Rose basically went through and destroyed the whole 20 women, uh, about a royal 21 women, excuse me. Uh, but she kind of dominated that match and eliminated a lot of people and had a little help from uh, B Priestley to eliminate Britt Baker. But it did, uh, did happen. And now Nyla Rose won that Casino Royale. And it was the, well, she was the first person to feature in this match, and Riho was second. But nonetheless, we are going to be having that inaugural, this beautiful rose gold, old school looking, fantastic looking uh, AEW Women's Championship that will be defended by nobody because Vacant currently holds it. Um, this is your typical kind of David versus Goliath. Type of match. Riho did pin Naya at Fighter Fest in the um, fatal or triple threat between her, uh, Sheeta, and um, Nyla Rose. Or is it Yukon Sakazaki? Either way, Riho actually pinned Nyla Rose. So that's kind of a thing you can look at it. This is Nyla's hometown of Washington, D.C. 
is she going to be booked any differently because of that? Is she going to win because it's in her hometown? Kind of that whole thing. Um, regardless of what you think of if Nyla should be in this division to begin with because of her uh, being a transgender, um, it is what it is. I, it still adds something to the women's division in a way. And uh, I, I just I don't I don't like the character of Nyla. I don't have a problem with her being transgender. That's her choice. She is free to do whatever, however she wants. And if pro wrestling, you know, agrees with it, that you know, that's all we can. Add. That's all that that matters. And I just I just have not gotten the character part of it yet. I don't. I mean, I get that she's kind of a beast. She's kind of this, you know, this uh, destructive force in the women's division. Wants to beat up people. Kind of has a don't give a damn about anybody besides me attitude. That's cool. I just have not yet clicked with the character. Riho is just a small Japanese chick that's got a lot of fight, a lot of grit. Kind of your really big underdog. Um, so I would kind of like to see Riho win this. Kind of give it a international flair to that. But I would not be, of course, be surprised if Nyla wins. So, uh, yes, that's on us. James. Go first. I think that you have it as the co-main event. I actually think it'll be the main event of the night. Um, and I think Riho wins. I think, like you said, it is the David versus Goliath match, but I really do think that backstage they have a super big, they have a lot of confidence in Riho, mostly because, and I don't know if everybody knows this, but Kenny Omega books for the women's. We division. know you told us this the last time we talked about AEW. And Riho is mainly the biggest, has the most support from Omega. So I think it'll be Riho winning. I don't think that necessarily has to do with the fact that oh, Omega wants Riho to win, so that's what's going to happen. I just think it just fits in with the storyline. Um, I, too, don't necessarily get the push from Nyla Rose. Like, Riho's push and the way she got to the title match makes sense. Nyla Rose's doesn't because she was like, she lost every goddamn match she was in, and then all of a sudden she magically can defeat the people that beat her the first time. Like, I don't know. The character, the gimmick, the push doesn't necessarily make sense to me. I could give two fucks about if she has a dick or a vagina or any of that. Um, And uh, I expect to see a good wrestling match, a hard-hitting wrestling match that ends up with Riho and all 82 pounds of her holding up the title. Um, Nyla Rose is going to win. Cody and Brandy can sit there and lie to our faces every day of the year leading up to this event saying that they had no idea that Nyla Rose was transgender. It's a bunch of baloney. They knew exactly what they were doing when they signed signed her. They wanted to make 
history. They wanted to make news because as soon as she signed Sports Illustrated, uh, every news uh, sports page, every dirt sheet, that's all they brought up. First, transgender signed to a big promotion. You knew about it. You wanted to create a name for yourself. You wanted to show yourself, hey, we're better because we're more – we believe in equality better than Vince McMahon does. So you can sit there and lie all you want. They're going to give the belt on Nyla. I've been saying this from the very beginning. She will be the first champion simply because of this. And honestly, in my opinion, that's the wrong way to start your women's division. You have so many women on this division that deserve the belt. Um, In my opinion, a lot better who will probably and, – and this isn't saying that Nyla shouldn't be part of the division. It's more so I just don't necessarily think she deserves the, the title. Um, I think uh, Britt Baker is definitely better um, than – she's the best woman on the roster. I think there's a lot of independent women that can sign to this division. That will be a lot better – uh, suited than um, a, a Nyla Rose. You're going out on the big... By my whole point is, who does she lose to? She's supposed to be built up as this giant. Who does she lose to? Awesome Kong is not going to be the champion. Do you really want her to be champion? I don't. Um, and honestly, I'm not interested in Riho. Um, she's a good fighter, but it's not realistic. It's not logical. An 82 pound woman does not beat a 240 pound woman any day of the week. I don't care what type of weaponry you use. Unless you're shooting a tank at the person, you're not beating her. Um, Y'all are using this a David and Goliath metaphor, but if y'all truly understood the story of David and Goliath, David didn't believe he was the underdog. In fact, he believed Goliath was the underdog because he had his, his deity on his side. I don't think that's what the story is at all promoted. This is definitely the easiest way they can get Nyla. I believe it's a squash match. Um, and uh, y'all will be left disappointed, and I will be left laughing. Well, if you watch any of the Road to AATNT series, you would kind of understand that Rio thinks that she's not the underdog, even though people think that because she's already beaten Nyla. That will kind of sink into Nyla's mind as their first thing is that she doesn't want to lose to this little small Japanese woman again. She's got kind of the fate, not faith, but fate on her side uh, because of that. So it kind of matches with the Damon Glide story. But hey, what do I know? And if you want to talk, if you want to, if you want to talk about illogical and how an eighty-pound woman can't beat a two hundred and fifty-pound woman, well, use that same logic, and an eighty-two-year-old woman should not be able to give birth to a fucking hand. <laughs> Anyways, that was a good story. Yes, that was a great storyline. Mm. I, I think, I think we're on that one. And and two men would not logically fight for uh, one of the men's what mother when she's lifted high on a forklift. No, no, but that's not. I, I fight for my mother, but maybe not for my friend's mom. But anyways. <laughs> not to say like any of yours, just I love my mama. But anyways, I'm not gonna go Mr. T on that. Um, we uh, 
<laughs> we get to the six-man tag main event. The Elite, which is the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho and two mystery partners. Obviously, the biggest storylines in this match, Chris Jericho, the first ever AEW World Champion appearing on this show. Who are Jericho's mystery partners? Um, you know, any surprises that could happen? Any surprises that show up? Any surprises that happen during, before, or after the match? I have my opinion on this one. I'm going to save it for last. I'll let you two kind of start this off. James, you go first. Randall, no, 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 no. I'll let you go first. I've gone first every single fucking time. Go ahead. Perfect. Now I get all the time in the world to how I would love for this to go down. Of course, it's not going to happen this way. But wouldn't it be great? Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks are in the ring. Jericho's music comes on and plays. Jericho's on the stage talking about, oh, I got the greatest team to tag with me. And all of a sudden, everything goes dark. And music starts playing. Oh, yeah. And the revival comes out, just proving to me again that WWE and AEW are working together. Chris Jericho, of course, being the face of WWE, because he's he's probably the biggest star from that company in there, bringing in an actual WWE competitors in the revival, who we haven't really seen much here lately on actual WWE television. Um. And we have the revival and Chris Jericho face off. And of course, it's not going to happen. But in my world, in my reality, where I believe this is what's actually happening in WWE and AEW working together, that'd be a great surprise. Um, plays off a storyline that's like four years in the making with the whole FTR thing. Um, and. Um, yeah, that's how I would book it if I was um, ultimately in charge of everything wrestling. What I think actually happens, though, um, is like I said, it would definitely be private party. Um, I think they beat and defeat um, the Bucks and Omega, and then Jericho's in the ring, and that's when he gets attacked um, by whether it's Cody or Moxley or any of the above superstars that could be fighting for that title. Maybe Paige again comes out and attacks. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I don't have much else to say. Y'all can uh, continue. Hey, Baghdad, you there? Is he, is he alive? You're doing good for so long. What happened? <laughs> Can you hear me? No, no, no. We cannot hear you. You went from being so great, and all of a sudden, now you just went. <laughs> uh, you're like in Madagascar right now. I can't understand <laughs> what you're saying. All right. Uh, let's, let's try this again. Um, <laughs> That's a little bit better. In all reality, what's probably going to happen is it'll be LAX. Or whatever the hell they're called, and they ha- they have a new name. I just can't remember what their t- team name is now. Um, but 
I do believe that they have some tricks up their sleeves. And wouldn't it be cool to see the Hart Foundation, the new Hart Foundation in AEW, which is Brian Pillman Jr. and Teddy Hart? I think that would be a good surprise. Er, he's uh he's he he signed the MLW. I mean, there's other guys in AEW that's also in MLW too, so um what cool if now this probably is less likely to happen due to the recent mental breakdown he had, but if Cass and Enzo showed up to fight with Jericho, probably not going to happen since what happened a couple weeks ago with Cass. Um, well, some out of the blue mixture of two people. Rumor has it. Yeah, lost you again. It's possible to uh, Back there, come back. I'm here. Hello. The suspense, the suspense is killing me. Hello, can you hear it's me? It's the damn team already. Hello? Uh, hey. Hey. <laughs> All right. Um, there's a rumor that Jake Hager, formerly known as Jack Swagger, will be appearing on AEW sometime soon. Maybe he tag teams with somebody else. Uh, all I'm saying is don't think that it's immediately somebody that's already been seen or announced on the roster because Cody has noted and Brandy Rhodes has noted that they've only shown 40% of their roster. And there are uh, uh, tens of tens and 20 other superstars that they have not yet shown on their roster, on a AEW TV show. I think, while it's pro- most probable for LAX or whatever the hell they're called now to be the partners, that it could be just one of anybody that they have signed in the company making a surprise. Maybe Orange Cassidy will make a surprise entrance as a uh... partner. Who knows? And that's what's so great about this. It's, it hasn't leaked who their partner is. It's not official who their partner is. And that's what's so great about this. I do agree with you that that's one of the best things about this is that yeah. this thing has been hyped up for just a month and we still have no idea who is the mystery partners. There's not been anything that's leaked out about that, which is fantastic. And if AEW can keep it that way, not only for two more days, but just in general as a company, and if they have surprise up their sleeves, um, good things are in store if they can keep that alive. Um, while I'm split on who the teams will be, it could be the New Heart Foundation. It could be Ortiz and Santana, formerly known as LAX, because they did have a run-in at All Out, beat up the Young Bucks. They have heat already on them. That would make sense. Um, I'm still torn on who it's going to be, but man, and this is just one man's opinion. I, if I would love for this to happen 
And when you said mental breakdown earlier, I thought that you were going to be stealing my idea, James, but you didn't. Thank God, because <laughs> to me, if I'm and I'm not a booker, but if, if I'm looking at it this way, what I would love to happen is I don't care who it, who the tag team partners are. Could be the new LAX, the, whatever their new name is. Could be the Heart Foundation. Could be anybody. I don't care what happens. What I do know is, as if I'm booking this, this is what's going to happen. Jericho and the Mitchell partners are going over. But it's how they go over. We haven't seen too many surprises up to this point in the show as of right now. There could be a debut here and there. Maybe, you know, maybe this doesn't happen. My idea, and there's a debut afterwards. Doesn't matter. We need a big surprise. We need something that's going to gravitate you going, what the hell just happened? Why did that just happen? I need a follow-up. Well, as of recent events and what's been happening in this certain person's uh, head after All Out, I could see this happening. I could see one or two things happening, but I would love for the first thing to happen. I could see Hangman Page coming out and trying to help out the Young Bucks and turn on them because he's just so overly over the whole elite thing and he wants to be on his own and, you know, whatever. Feels maybe betrayed that, you know, he was built up at this main star and lost the match and now uh, he wants to be on his own, whatever. Because AEW needs a little more heels. It's one thing about the company that I'm not liking at the moment is they don't have very many heels, but I feel like in this match there will be a heel somehow, some way, whether it is Hangman Page or what I would choose, and it is during the match, this person costs the team the match, and it's Kenny Omega. He turns on the Young Bucks. Because Sir Kenny has been teasing this for a little bit. He's been showing this arrogant, cocky side of him that I'm loving. Because I love Kenny Omega the wrestler. I love Kenny Omega the man. I don't know about Kenny Omega the character. Haven't had that. I know New Japan and ROH are totally different. This is now primetime television on a major U.S. television cable network. You're going to need a little bit of a character. See me something to invest into, to sink my teeth into, besides the fact that your moves are getting you over. After a while of the mainstream media watching you, your moves will not get you over. I need to invest in the man, Kenny Omega. And this is the best way to do it is by you turning on your best friends because you're so fucked up in the brain because you lost a pack at All Out. You're preparing for Moxley, preparing for Moxley, preparing for Moxley. He gets hurt. You could have scathing promo on him before All Out. You lose focus a pack. You lose the pack. And now you're going mentally crazy because you've got two losses, singles competition under your belt. You're not in the main event picture. You're not in the world title scene. And you say, I've had enough. And you turn on the Young Bucks, and Jericho gets the pin on one of the two, and Omega and Omega's just sitting there laughing his head off, saying, I got over on you, boys. I don't need you. You need me. Fuck all y'all. I, I'm, I'm going up the ladder, not you guys. That would be my way of ending the show, is having Kenny Omega turn heel and becoming a main heel in the company, something it desperately needs. Solid idea. That's a solid idea. 
and I think they've been they've been pushing, kind of hinting at Omega and his his dark side. And just and that that's that's an idea. Kind of like it. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. I think eventually Omega will turn heel. This is my chance to do it. First ever show. Create some a little bit of buzz. Have Omega turn on the Young Bucks and see how it goes. But uh, that's what uh, that's what I would do. My last question was going to be, is there any surprises? Or one of my last questions would be, is there any surprises? I know, James, you mentioned a little bit about Jack Hager. Or Jake Hager, excuse me. Um not even going to get into speculation of CM Punk. Not even going to talk about that. Um, that's always going to be a stupid blimp on the radar for WWE or AEW. Um, could Hager appear? Could the Hart Foundation appear? I, I mean, you know, it has. we have to have, you would think, it's going to have a debut of some sort. We just don't know who. But um, any, any surprises that you can think of? I... Can't name a specific surprise, but you know AEW will throw them in somewhere. The card, if you want to, if you want to base what you watch based off of the card, then maybe NXT has the better card. But I don't think NXT will run Shock Factor. I think they're basing it solely on card. We have three title matches. They have one. And AEW can roll this in their corner by just throwing out some surprises that haven't been discussed. So maybe throw in an extra match that hasn't been confirmed. Or something that get people to watch AEW. I think AEW would be smart to do that. I don't know how they'll do it. I don't know when they'll do it. But they have to throw some surprises out. Because NXT, like I said, they're scared. But I think they have a chance of of running away with the ratings for this week. Not that ratings necessarily determine what is the better show. But because they have limited commercials and because they have three title matches... There's a shot that the NXT faithful won't channel swap. That was going to be my plan was when I was going to watch AEW and when they went to commercials, go to NXT. Um, I can't record NXT because my father literally watches every show that comes on every network for the two, from 8 to 10 o'clock on Wednesday night. I'm pretty sure he records every single show on Wednesday night. So I have no more space. So I can't record one of them. So I don't know how I'll watch NXT, but I'm planning on watching AEW all the way through. They have to throw some surprises in because NXT isn't going to have the shock factor. They're just going to have three title matches and a bunch of bumps, and that's about all they'll have on their show. And I doubt it even goes two hours if past two weeks are any. Look, look, look. Last two weeks have ended early because they have to prepare their superstars for commercial breaks. NXT has never had commercials before. So now you got to prepare your superstars for what it is to go under commercial. 
the programming was written as if they had a two-hour time slot. But they didn't need commercials on the network. Therefore, they didn't have to. That, therefore, they could do continuous action. It's two hours this week on USA. It's going to go full time. Um, and and to, answer, and to answer your question about surprises, um, I can't think of anyone that I would care enough about to actually show up. If Pillman shows up, I might care a little bit because I like Pillman. Um, I was thinking maybe Marty, but his contract isn't up till November um, with ROH. So outside of that, I can't really think of anyone that's available that I would care enough to actually pay attention and care about. Fair enough. Fair enough. And we shall see what happens Wednesday night. Um you know, I, I think that for for what NXT has done the past couple of weeks, it's got a 1.1 or 1.2 the first week, you know, 1.1 or 1.0 last week, something like that. So they've been at a million consistently for two weeks. Um, I'm, I, I think AEW, if they don't get a 1.5, I know that's a higher number, a higher number than what NXT has done the first two weeks. I get it, but as much promotional and they've done in the past month and a half to two months, you know, you're expecting to get a very high number, even if they're casual fans, even if they're not casual fans, whatever. Yeah, they're, pro- um, they're promoting in movie theaters now. They got movie ads. I, they're, they're going and to the umpteenth degree. They are spending a large chunk of money on advertisements, whether it's a whole huge chunk of a side of a building at the MGM grand, whether it's a whole commercial strip that's in Las Vegas on LED billboards. I don't know if they have any in New York or any of those other ones, but, uh, you know, TV, movie theaters, anything and everything that they're trying to get their hands into, they're doing all the right things to hype it up, to give it the, the uh, ad space that they need to generate the interest. Into it. Now it's just a matter of it delivers. And uh, I, yeah, I, I think if they don't do a 1.5, they're going to be very disappointed. Um I don't know if beating NXT every week, of course, is the goal. I'm sure selfishly it's a goal, but, um, you know, you just got to keep up with it and just know that you're in for the long haul. You don't need to worry about the competition. Just focus on you. And I would say it's safe for NXT. I don't think NXT needs to do these title matches every week or every other week or anything like that just to gain the attention. Just, NXT for the longest time is what got me back really into loving wrestling again because we're on SmackDown, we're so stale, and I fell out of love with TNA that NXT was kind of the savior. And the reason why it's on network television, the reason why it's in these big buildings for takeovers, for all this stuff, is because of what the past has brought to the table. So stick with the program. Don't care about what's on the other channel. If they're doing shit, then... They do shit, whatever. Um, so that's the one thing that I hope happens is that they don't play up to the competition and say, well, if they're doing this, we got to do this. Not necessarily. Just do what you think is best for the company, what's best for the program, and so what? WWE doesn't have anything to lose in this situation. They don't. Because if NXT, for some reason, doesn't work on the USA, I'm sure they can say, hey, listen, we got to get it soft. we got to go back to the network. Not that hard. 
uh, AEW got a little more to lose because they have the television deal and it's a major network television deal. They didn't even have, you know, uh, I don't know when they, I think they had maybe double nothing after they announced it. I don't know. But they either had no shows or one show when they announced a television deal with TNT. And a company like Impact and ROH, I'm sure, is pissed off to the umpteenth degree because they're like, really? We couldn't even get on TNT or TBS? We couldn't get on these network network cable channels? Um, well, Impact couldn't because some stupid idiot by the name of Vince Russo kept telling producers <laughs> that fucking the show suck ass, but I'll, uh, <laughs> I won't. <laughs> Just like uh, our old friend over here, Randall, guarantees that by this time next year, uh, most of these or a lot of these or all of these wrestlers will be in WWE. I guarantee there will be a Vince Russo Conversation on somebody's podcast. I don't know when or what we're going to do it. When I'm dead, that's when it's going to happen. Toby Page is going to be set up, guys. Um, donate as much as you want to uh, help us fund because it's going to happen. But anyways, you'd have to uh, pay me like a million dollars to do this. True. So if you're listening, pay me a million dollars so I can talk about you. Um, <laughs> we promise we'll say good things about you. Yeah, I don't care. Um, one thing that I do know is going to happen, um, I don't think it'll be on any one of our specific channels. It may be on something we're creating a whole for the OSN page. We're going to be recapping some old WCW stuff. And if I'm not going to get a debate or at least a roundtable talk with Randall <laughs> Vince Russo, this is the second best thing that I can do is by talking about the shows Vince Russo produced and wrote. So we're going to go back and watch old WCW Nitros and Thunders from when Vince Russo first took over the company. I do know that Kevin Nash was still the booker for Thunders while Vince Russo was kind of in charge for a few months. So, but either way, we're still going to go back and watch them. Um, we'll go back and look at um, the very first day Vince Russo was on the job in WCW and so quick started that first night. Quick question. Just while, while on air real quick. Russo t- uh, got fired or quit and then was gone for like three months. So are we still going to do those three months? Uh, yeah, we'll still do those just, just to just to do them. And, and if it's shitty, then we can't say it's Vince Russo's idea. <laughs> so, um, um, cool. yeah, we'll just recap those just so we're not out of sync because there could still be storylines right. that he came back for that we could miss. So we'll still we'll still follow into those. Um, so yeah, from two thousand from nineteen ninety nine to two thousand one, we're gonna recap some of those old nitros and thunders and the pay per views as well. So uh, stay tuned for some more details on that. Um, like I said, we're gonna make kind of an OSN YouTube page or a uh, podcast page, something like that, to where you're gonna be able to hear or listen to uh, that on some platform for sure. Um, gentlemen, any final thoughts before we skedaddle out here for the night? And we prepare for this amazing week that's about to come up. Yes, for me. Um, for me, it don't matter which side of the aisle you are on. This is the biggest week in wrestling history. Raw hopefully can grow and do what it needs to do. Season premiere Tuesday. Impact. Also on Tuesday on TNT, they are showing a countdown to AEW on TNT at 8 o'clock on Tuesday night. So the night before Dynamite debuts, they will slide in and 
show. I'm guessing it's going to be like they did Countdown to All Out, where it's just probably the final episode of Countdown to AEW on just on national television. Um, and Wednesday, NXT and AEW. Thursday, I think is going to be the new day. That it's a new day. Um, yes, it is. It's it's going to be the new day that the um, NXT UK debuts on Thursdays now. Uh, also, Tuesday night, Total Divas uh, debuts its new season, um, if anybody cares about Total Divas anymore. Um, and Friday, SmackDown on Fox. Just a big week. Just a big week in wrestling history. Not uh, while well, you finish up with that. Not only a big week in wrestling history, but uh, this is this is going to be the weekly schedule for the foreseeable future. So while it's a big week as a as a whole for a lot of stuff that's going to go down, a lot of great things that's going to happen on these shows. It's just the beginning because we've got this every week for the foreseeable future. So uh, be prepared to. Uh, investing a lot of time on either the DVR on the network or um, watching a lot of wrestling. But, uh, right about you. Oh, boy. So, you guys are so excited. Um, wrestling fans are so excited. We have wrestling every day of the week now. Um, in what world is this realistic that everybody will be able to keep up with every programming, and I get we have DVR, and I get we have streaming networks, and I get half of these, sh- half of these shows um, you can go back and rewatch. But in what realistic situation do you guys live in to where y'all can watch TV every single night of the week and watch wrestling and not think you're not going to get burnt out of this product? That's my final thought. We're not saying that you will or won't. What we're saying is there is an abundance of programming out there that you watch what your take is. There will be some of those diehards that watch it every single night. They live in their mother's basement. They have no job and probably haven't been laid. That's okay. Um, Or they just, they have succumbed to their wives to say, you're going to watch wrestling no matter what. I don't know. There will be some that will. I will not be. I'm not going to lie. I probably won't be watching Impact uh, or Total Divas, for that matter. Um, I have not watched NXT UK since it first debuted, so I will be watching that. Well, get, um, the, get the big stars in there on NXT. So. Um, that, that's where I don't understand why that's even a brand anymore. But anyways, um, I, I depends on how show was on social media I may go back and watch NXT the next day on the network um, the, besides the fact that I really I just enjoy AEW a lot I'm going to watch it live mainly because the only other time they're going to show it is and I mean you could also of course record it and watch it at your own leisure whenever you have time but the only other time they're going to be showing it is Saturday mornings I believe at 10am or 11am or something like that so I'm at work during that time, so I won't be able to watch it on Saturday mornings if I missed it on Wednesday. So I'm going to have to make sure if I can't watch it on a Wednesday, I'll record it. But at the same time, it is uh, something that I can sink my teeth into um, and something that we can all do, you know, either 
flip back and forth to where one of us watches an NXT, the other one watches an AEW. Bring that together. It's a collaboration, or uh, maybe do something else regarding that. So uh, either way, and then finally, one other final point about uh, just this week. Um, I think I'm going to make another prediction. I've made a lot of predictions on this episode. This is let's guarantee something else. I guarantee the show with the highest ratings. This week, not of all of the whole week, I'm guaranteeing Friday Night SmackDown. Here's why, and here's my proof. They did a best moments of SmackDown history last Friday night, um, two days ago, uh, uh, from this date of recording, with no promotion whatsoever, um, and did a 1.7 rating. Which is freaking amazing. Um, I think it was more so Fox trying to figure out what they will get and what they can set as um, the the floor in terms of rating. With all the promotion going on for this big show, I'm going to guarantee that SmackDown gets a 3.3 rating this week. Guaranteed. We'll see if I'm right or if I'm wrong. Um, they got legends. They got big events going on. It's a premiere. Um, what would make my days if we get the fist pop out of the set again? That would be great. Bischoff, make it happen. Um, but yeah, it's there's a lot of promotion going on with it. Guarantee a three point three. Rating for SmackDown, the highest rated wrestling show of the week. Um, also, on the Unhand Wrestling Podcast, you can check that uh, check out. Um, here in the near future, I am going to try to get these two marks with me to do a show simply on one character. I'm gonna leave the susp- they know who it is. I'm gonna leave the suspense. Ventura Show. No. <laughs> One character in current wrestling we've discussed doing the show um, and where we would take this character. Um, I'm going to leave the suspense to the listener. I say listener because we only have one. Uh, And it's me. So uh, I know. (laughs) Um, With that said, we're going to pay attention for that show like Cody said. We're going to do the whole watch WCW thing um, just so they can try to tell me even Russo doesn't know how to, how to write a show while we're doing that we can go back to 1998 or excuse me 1995 through 1997 even 1998 WWF and we can sh- show you what Rince Russo can also do but they don't want to do that because it goes against their point um, but with that being said I'm done talking it goes against the point because Vince Russo never wrote those shows. He simply wrote the format, but he did not write the show. Anyways, <laughs> I'll make a prediction after James does his spiel. So go ahead, James. Yes, 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 yes. So please, 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 please follow my podcast on Facebook. It's Taken, T-A-K-I-N, apostrophe, The Bump Podcast. Follow it on Twitter. New Twitter name. I changed the Twitter name because the old one sucked. Um, it's at T 
the B podcast. Taking the bump on Twitter, follow it on Facebook. Be the B. Subscribe. Interested. So they got tuberculosis. <laughs> um, T the B podcast. Um, follow, subscribe to the podcast on Anchor or Spotify or Apple Podcast or any fucking one. Hey, if you want to listen to him, to if you want to listen to him pr- promoting himself live from Baghdad every week, that's exactly what you can do. Because <laughs> the quality of I don't know if it's his phone or if it's because he has Sprint. <laughs> this is every podcast for him. Um, I don't know what's going on, man. You gotta get it better. But your basket. <laughs> but listen, I think I think my last podcast did a historic number of zero plays. So let's get the plays up and uh, the likes up and the follows up. Let's get everything going. And uh, yeah, guys, taking the bump podcast. And of course, you can listen to this as you can every single time I post one of these on Stitcher, on Pocket Cast, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. You can listen to this on Spotify as well as Anchor. I am Cody. I'm at Beyond the Curtain. B-E-Y-N-D. There is no O in Beyond on Facebook for me. It's Beyond with no O. B-E-Y-N-D. The Curtain on Facebook and Twitter. So please leave a like, follow the page, subscribe, and any way you can share this so that way we can get this product out here and get more listeners, of course, because that's what it's all about. Now, back to my <laughs> pause real quick. I got to put my, my heel spin on this. There's no O because, you know, this name is the most used name in the wrestling world. Every group, every page, every podcast that a wannabe Mark producer ever comes up with is beyond or behind the curtain. I swear to God it is. Behind, not beyond. I've not seen the beyonds. Maybe one, but I've only heard of behind, not beyond. But anyways, it's because Mark Mania was such a fantastic name that I had to change it. Anyways, I am the one that has the most likes of any of us here. <laughs> I don't promote. My, really I don't one. promote my page every time. I get on the, uh, on the I, website. I do. I invite my friends, and they like it. I'm a, it's not my fault. Yeah. A lot of friends, they just like it out of randomness. I'm the only one that has anyways, flow, so we're going somewhere. Though, so, yeah, none. So, anyways, one um, he bought it. Yeah, he's only one. That's fine. Which, in about three months. I'll take it down. Speaking speaking of which, Teespring, you messed up my design. I want a new shirt. You're missing four letters on the back. <laughs> you see, there you go. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> <Four> <laughs> you get a very bad shirt. You ask for a refund. He's gonna have a sale in three months, and it's because. Of can't spell the letters right. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to make a prediction and guarantee here. So, Raw's going to do Raw's going to be the most highest one rated, not by much though. Raw's going to do a 3.5. SmackDown's going to do a 3.4. That's my prediction. Um, I do believe. I'm going to go on a limb and say AEW is going to be NXT the ratings by 0.1, 1.3 to 1.2. That's my guess. Now, here's a prediction. That's not really a prediction, but he had a guarantee. So I need everybody to mark on their calendars right now, October the 2nd, 2020. That's when AEW premieres. That's when the Wednesday Night Wars officially begin. If by November, or excuse me, October 2nd of 2020, if at least two 
out of the five members of the elite, I'm talking Cody, the Young Bucks, that's three. Paige, Omega, that's five. Two out of the five. You can put Brandy, six. So we'll put two out of the six. If two out of the six have not gone to WWE, you have to debate me on Vince Russo. <laughs> yes. Since you were guaranteeing it, you said the words guaranteed. This is a cash shop. This is a buyout. At least they're going to WWE. They're going to get more money. If you're such confident man in the guarantee, lay it on the line, big man. Ain't happening. We debating. I we got it. Good. We've got to settle. I'll make sure that I have marked on my calendar for next year that by this time, we'll see what happens. Nonetheless, guys, this has been a long episode, but this has been the All Elite Wrestling Dynamite preview of their debut show this Wednesday, October 2nd, 8 Eastern, 7 uh, Central on the TNT Network, live from D.C. Also, you have NXT uh, premiering live two hours. Limited commercial time on the USA Network as well. Get ready for an amazing, amazing week of not only sports, professional wrestling action. It's going to be happening every week, guys. So get ready for it. I'm excited. I hope all of you are too. Thank you to my two guests that were on to this episode for sure. Like we said, like us all everywhere. Share us all everywhere. Even if we have our opinions, we're just like AWNXT. We're just different alternatives. Like it, love it, enjoy it. We are Beyond the Curtain. We'll see you guys next time. Have a great rest of your day, afternoon, evening. Bless you. This has been a presentation of the Allah Sports Network. <laughs>